So I always say, if you want a high performing team, be prepared to set the example. Um, Unfortunately, with some leaders, you might see complacency. So they think they've hit a certain rung on the ladder in terms of their leadership. Hmm. And that means they get to maybe go on autopilot. And that's a dangerous mindset to have. So as we know, healthy cultures are extremely hard to build, but surprisingly easy to fall apart or Hmm. become toxic. Welcome to the All In Recruitment Podcast by Manatel, where we explore best practices, learnings, and trends with leaders in the recruitment space. If you like our content, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and Spotify to stay tuned for our weekly episodes. I'm your host, Lydia. Joining us today is Jennifer Bauer of RF Ideas. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Lydia. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. So Jennifer, what's kept you in the human capital space? I mean, in your experience, you would have seen uh, quite a number of transformative phases, I I presume. Oh, absolutely. That's probably an understatement. But for (laughs) me, I have always been very passionate about the human capital space. And quite honestly, what I love most is the ability for me to make an impact within the organization on such a deep level. Hmm. The people function is just so critical. The individuals within the organization are obviously the ones that are driving those business results. So getting the right people in the right seat, it sounds simplistic enough, but as we know, it's not always that easy. And um, second part of your question, yes, the evolution of the function has been vast. Hmm. To be honest, from my vantage point, it's really inspiring to witness the shift in how the human capital function is viewed. Yeah, and there's also, uh, you know, we'll we'll go to this later in terms of becoming a fully-fledged partner to the business as in human capital or human resources, being a partner in that that space. But in terms of, of the real rewards of staying in the human capital space, I mean, what is it? What kind of uh, impact has that brought to you in your own career? You know what, for me, it's been so fulfilling to be able to see various initiatives come to life and just the way that the world has shifted. And I know we'll speak about that in a little bit um, with with the pandemic, but it, it just gives you a sense of gratification to be really a leader in the space and help drive the things that employees really care about, right? So how do we keep them engaged? What's keeping them every day from not taking part in LinkedIn messages when they're getting targeted themselves and they're trying to get sourced by by recruiters? And how do we keep them engaged and excited and want to be with us over another organization? And, mm. and seeing the fruits of that labor, really, and the positivity that comes with that in terms of retention rates and engagement, engagement. scores and really, and just seeing the culture shift it's so rewarding. It it honestly is. Um, mm. So for me personally, that's that's a huge driver for me to remain in in the space is just to keep the needle moving forward. Now, the past couple of years, obviously, and maybe you know, three years or rather, what four years now, uh, entering into the fourth year of the pandemic period. I mean, we've come out of that, but the past couple of years have been pivotal for so many businesses that are coming out of that period, right? So what what are some of the areas that you've prioritized? Maybe 
in during this recent past at your current role at RFID is and tell us a little bit more maybe about the business itself. Absolutely. Well, I think, first of all, the word pivotable is the perfect word to use in this particular situation because the pandemic really just shifted the world of work entirely. And honestly, for the first time in a really long time, employees began to sit down and reflect on what they wanted out of work, what they want from their boss, from their teams. Here at RFIDs, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by forward-thinking leaders mm. who not only recognize the shift, but we wanted to remain at the forefront. So a bit of background about RFID is we specialize in contactless authentication solutions. So we're within the tech space and it's a very exciting space to be in in the markets that we that we serve for our customers and our stakeholders. For us, in terms of our employee base, we had to prioritize our people leaders. Um, these individuals are absolutely critical to the success, speaking specifically in this area. So we really made a conscious effort to equip them with the necessary skills and competencies to really lead in today's landscape. So some examples of what we've personally done, we started off, um, we had a leadership development program, and that really had surrounding topics of mindfulness, how to lead authentically, the importance of empathy in the workplace. Um, we definitely did not want this to be a check-the-box exercise, a one-and-done. Um, we know to really move the needle, you need constant practice, right? You need to flex those muscles. Mm -hmm. So we've actually built upon that first program and, and the learnings, and we've carved out future trainings. Um, it's actually going to span two years. We'll go into year two this coming July. But mm -hmm. it's really vital for us at RFID is to pour into our leadership and ensure that these mid-level managers um, are supported and they really understand um, their criticality in the workplace and they're armed to be able to deal with this shift that we're seeing. This shift in the human or rather in, in the organization itself that comes from a period of intense disruption is also going to affect uh, the human capital function in and of itself, right? So in your view, how has the function of you know, the professional in the human capital space evolved uh, in these years? Well, even right there, right, the terminology itself, HR, has shifted to that naming convention of human capital okay. in recognition of that very evolution. So I think years ago, the HR function was seen as a very tactical piece of the business. So you have an employee relations issue, you go to HR. You have an employee handbook update, you go to HR. You get the idea. I mean, do we still do these things and take part in these things? Absolutely. But today, human capital is really viewed as a true business partner who's right there on the front lines, driving the strategy of the people function, going back to right people, right seat. That's not by chance. It's a very intricate data-driven process, and that's led by human capital. And now, in terms of evolving to become that strategic business partner or taking those steps in order to be in order to have a seat at the table, so to speak, right? So how can human capital um, as a function evolve to become a strategic partner to business? 
So human capital really needs to have a solid understanding of the business in totality. I think part of the disadvantage years ago in the way that human capital or HR, right, was was viewed years ago, the reason maybe they were seen as a, a tactical piece of the business, um, perhaps that's all they thought they were. They They didn't have a full picture of the business as a whole. And to be a, an effective partner in that, just like operations, just like marketing, just like development and engineering and sales and every piece plays a part. And if you want a seat at the table and you want to ensure that your HR team is evolving, you really need to understand, especially your HR leader needs to understand all of the inner workings within the business to really be effective. And then put your own data points in place, right? So all of these functions should be held accountable and human capital is is no different. We absolutely um, should be holding ourselves accountable and have metrics that we share with the leadership team when we're driving the efforts that we're driving to showcase the value and to continue to really secure more buy-in. Going back to the uh, leadership development programs or all those different interventions that are put in place so that leaders are uh, attuned to what employees are looking for these days and how to turn that uh, team into a high-performing one, right? So going back to that, what are some ways that leaders can nurture or even empower their teams to become high-performing and, and, and healthy in that regard? You know what? It's a really great question. So I always say, if you want a high-performing team, be prepared to set the example. Um, unfortunately, with some leaders, you might see complacency. So they think they've hit a certain rung on the ladder in terms of their leadership. Hmm. And that means they get to maybe go on autopilot. And that's a dangerous mindset to have. So as we know, healthy cultures are extremely hard to build, but surprisingly easy to fall apart or Hmm. become toxic. Um, So beyond setting the example, people leaders have to exude inclusion. So we often hear these, I call them trigger words, right? So just they're just very much in the space right now, diversity, equity, inclusion. But managers and people leaders really need to live by these, especially the inclusion piece. So to be truly inclusive, you need to be a leader that creates a safe space where everyone's voice can be heard. So if you want to continue to have a high-performing team where new and exciting ideas are being had, you need to master inclusivity um, at a minimum. Hmm. And in terms of going back to the market or or the talent space, right, to get these people in, what goes into attracting and retaining top talent at RF Ideas? Are there any insights you'd like to share into into that process that that would make it, that would be useful to our listeners? Sure, sure. Absolutely. It's another great question. So attraction and retention have always been challenging. They're challenging for the best of the best. Um, Going back to the pandemic a little bit, there was definitely a shift there. I'd argue it's more challenging than ever. Um, You couple that with the applicant's ability to do their own research at this Mm. point, and the challenge becomes greater. So for the attraction piece, For us, we know gone are the days that employees are just aimlessly clicking apply and hoping for a callback. They're really digging in. So they're doing their research, just like the latest restaurant review. So Mm. what we do here at RF Ideas is we really try to ensure that 
when they do their research, they are able to find very positive things about our organization. And we want them to have the inside scoop. So we frequently will ask our current staff members to potentially write Glassdoor reviews. Certainly at their um, own willingness, of course, would never mandate that. But there are quite a few of our staff members that have taken part in that. And it's really phenomenal. Listen, whether good or bad, um, it is really important to hear the feedback and to act on it, right? So the acting piece is critical. Mm -hmm. And the amount of times that I have heard from candidates, wow, I went on your glass door and you've just got such great reviews from your current employees. And it really drew me in because you don't really see that in today's landscape with everyone really trigger happy with the keyboard and able to just um, write a review at, at a moment's notice. But our staff members were very fortunate. They really love what they do and they love working for us. So that's a, a piece of advice I would share is that um, if you've got a great culture or you're mm. wanting to build a better one, you need to leverage the talent that you have. And that's a great place to start. That's great. Also, in terms of making sure you've got that foundation set for an employer brand in which you will continue to attract uh, newer talent and interested talent who may, may take a little longer to to express their interest or to apply to a job in the organization, but at least it's there top of mind, right? So in terms of looking at strategies for the business to fulfill the business needs, is there such a thing as future-proofing people's strategies or rather even forecasting uh, business needs in, in a realistic way? I don't know if there'll ever be, to be honest, a way to foolproof it, but Believe it or not, what I've learned in my in my years of doing this, simplicity is best, especially because in theory, if it's done correctly, the executive leaders will be involved and you need their buy-in. So mm -hmm. if you make this strategy too complex, too hard to follow, they're going to have difficulty wanting to maintain it, right? So you also need to paint the picture of how the people strategy ties into their world and how it's going to benefit them, right? So if you can tie what you're doing and into their world appropriately, you're in a really good position to maintain and evolve the initiatives that you set out to do. And ultimately, you're going to get more of that buy-in. Um, but again, I don't know if there's a future proof, a foolproof methodology there to really mm. ensure that all bases are covered at all times. In, in terms of technology, I mean, going back to what you said about being data-driven, being absolutely key these days, when you can get data, po data points from so many different sources that would inform the strategies that you come up with, there's also technology in terms of actual recruitment. So what would you say is the impact of recruitment technology for hiring and, and some, of, you know, some of the benefits that you might have seen uh, in using this? Absolutely. Well, First of all, recruitment technology has come such a long way. It really does offer numerous advantages for hiring in today's world. So the impact of that can be seen and felt with increased efficiency, the ability to source candidates that align with qualifications and competencies within the job and the job description. 
And overall, what I've found is that these technologies really tend to offer a great candidate experience as well. Mm -hmm. So cherry on top for me is that with the technology provided you have the right solution, there's definite value add in the data and the insights, right, that continue to refine the recruitment strategy and really will allow that HR leader data-driven insights into what their recruitment strategy has looked like, right? So are we are we really able to capture the population that we're looking to capture? Are we missing anyone, right? So if I've got these leadership roles and I've recognized internally that, wow, we've got a real lack of women in leadership roles, then for me, when I go at perhaps my next role, I'm going to want to ensure that I'm targeting appropriately. And technology is a really great way to to leverage and ensure that you're you're meeting your goals while still ensuring that the appropriate candidates are being pulled into the search. Now with technology, with the you know increased use of data and analytics becomes uh, uh, a main one of the one of the biggest skills for a recruiter or someone even in human capital as a whole, right? So, you know, what might be some traits, Jennifer, that you think a professional in human capital should have today uh, in order to function at its at its the best version? Absolutely. Well, going back to technology, I mean, at this point, it is an absolute must to have an ATS solution. And I know size dependent, resource dependent, but um, ATS solutions at this point in time in the game are an absolute necessity because without that, you're not going to really be able to, again, um, in a streamlined manner, in my opinion, really understand the data and the infiltration of what are and who are really the individuals that are um, wanting and, and trying to apply for the roles in which you have. And then ultimately, where in the pipeline are these individuals within the process? And, and maybe is there a bias? within the process. And those things really can't get figured out quite easily unless you have some type of technology um, in in the background. So I would absolutely recommend for anyone in the space, if they don't have an ATS system in place, um, that would be stop number one for me is to make sure that they have some type of solution that they can obtain data from. Now, there's also widespread use of generative AI to many aspects, even personal lives. You can just test it out and see how you can learn from it. There's so many use cases around generative AI. Um, And how do you think people, teams, or, or human capital as a function can benefit from AI? Yes, we've had a lot of discussion on this, actually, as a leadership team. So AI certainly can offer numerous benefits for a lot of areas within the business, provided certainly like anything else, each integration is properly vetted. So we know AI is not going anywhere. We also know that AI is not perfect. Um, But for people teams specifically, AI offers the ability to automate and connect with candidates through a very targeted selection search based on key requirements, right? So I can now take my job description with my knowledge, skills, and abilities And I can really pour that into an AI functionality so that I'm targeting the right individuals. AI can also aid in targeted messaging, right? So what's going to be that captivating message that's going to just pull that individual in and want to speak with me? So AI can help with that. AI can also help with screening, believe it or not. Um, At a certain point, do I feel human interaction would still be needed in the Mm -hmm. process? 
I certainly do. So soft skills are a critical piece to the puzzle. Um, that's something that won't ever be replaced by AI, that human aspect of it. Um, but AI is is a tremendous tool and absolutely um, a lot of use cases for AI, both now and I'm sure in the future mm -hmm. as it gets more refined. And as we look into the future, Jennifer, how do you envision the future of recruitment in in, in the coming years at least? Yes. So I personally feel that companies are going to need to keep a good pulse on what candidates want the most and ultimately ensure that they're meeting those expectations. It's a balancing act, right? While meeting the needs of the business. So if you want to remain competitive and you want to attract the best talent, ensuring that you continue to meet those needs is going to be really critical. So recruitment is a process that should, in my opinion, constantly evolve. And recruitment teams need to stay ahead of what candidates are looking for. So be aware of the platforms that they're targeting to uncover information. So we talked a little bit about Glassdoor. That's very big right now. In five years, it could be another platform. So need to stay ahead of that. And in addition, you'll begin to see, in my opinion, when it comes to recruitment, what I call a more holistic recruitment process. So not mm -hmm. just the, the, the resume, right? The traditional knowledge, skills, and abilities. Here's what I've done. Here's where I've come from. But really things like behavioral and cognitive assessments, for instance, might be woven into the hiring process just to gain further clarity on a candidate's alignment to a role. So I'm seeing a lot of positive enhancements to the recruitment process to ensure that the best fit, not only for the company, but also it really is for the for the candidate, um, truly to ensure that they're set up for success. So mm. like I shared early on, if you can get the right person in the right seat and you are constantly moving that needle to better the culture, that's really going to be your secret sauce right mm. there. Yeah, absolutely. And human capital as a function will get closer and closer to the business in this sense uh, with all that real-time data and also the insights into, or rather the, the 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 visibility into culture and what makes uh, a healthy, high-performing culture. So thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been great having you on the show. Now drop us your contact details. Should there be anyone in the audience who's listening in and, and want to pick up a conversation with you and they can do so? Yes, absolutely. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for having me, Lydia. It's been a true pleasure sharing these insights with you. And for anyone that is looking to further connect with me, you may absolutely find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect. And we have been in conversation with Jennifer Bauer of RF Ideas. Thank you for joining us. And remember to subscribe to stay tuned for more weekly episodes from All in Recruit.